Well, good evening. Nice to see you all back again. Um, it's good that uh, we had a storm, so it's not just me that scared everyone away. So that's good. So first of all, you talked about some more about Uganda. Um, obviously, that's that's our pride right now is Uganda. It's like where we want to go, where we're excited to live and make that our home. Right now, we don't really have a home except a home in heaven. Our home is wherever we make it. And uh, it was about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, we're pulling into a hotel from a missions conference, and my daughter yells out, we're home. We're like, this is a hotel. This is, this is not home. But you know what? That's just the missionary life, um, living on the road for deputation. My daughter is a cute, adorable three-year-old, and she claims everywhere as home, wherever she sleeps. So it makes sense. You have to pardon me. I'm sucking on a I'm Hall's cough drop right now. My throat feels a little dry and kind of weak, honestly. So just pardon me with that. But uh, Ugandans have great weather, kind of like out here. They have rainy seasons, monsoons, where it rains a lot, kind of like what's raining out here. But in Uganda, it's about 70 degrees year-round, in the 70s year-round, which is pretty awesome. Of course, that changes during dry season. When it's drier, it'll be a little bit hotter, but it's always 100-plus humidity. So imagine Georgia, but with more humidity, and that's Uganda, basically. Basically. It's kind of fun. Um, we love it. We love all the, the rain, and we love seeing all the clouds overcast. That's actually our favorite time of, um, of weather is when it's overcast and cloudy. So we have that going for us as well. Now, when it comes to the uh, deaf ministry that will be taken over, um, there in Uganda, in Kampala, they had a deaf ministry at the church that was about 50 deaf people. Um, on average, it was 50 people or more. And uh, that, if you don't know about deaf communities, that's a lot, a lot of people for a deaf community in uh, one place and for a church. However, after COVID happened, the average is five on a good day, a good Sunday. So a lot's happened during COVID that made a lot of the deaf communities want to say, I don't want to go there, or this other place looks better, or they're giving us stuff over here, I'm going to go over here. So that's one of the, the struggles I'll be struggling with is trying to pull the people back. And, uh, and many of the times when it comes to deaf communities, they're very stubborn because a lot of times they're considered outcasts. Even in the States, they're considered a little bit of outcasts. But there's a, a little bit of disconnect, and that's the only reason. It's kind of uh, like saying, oh, they speak a different language. I don't want to talk with them. It's a little bit more than just that. But there in Uganda, it's a little bit, bit more so just because it is a third world country. They don't have the resources that we have here in the United States. And they're doing a good job. They're putting in some effort, but it's still not up to par where it should be. So um, if you think about it, pray for us while we're in Uganda because there will be new struggles. There will be new difficulties, new things for us to work with. And we're excited to go work with all those struggles and difficulties and things. So we're excited for that. Um, we're excited to be getting our feet planted and getting our feet going and running and working and seeing how the Lord takes it and uses us and for his glory. And we're all doing this for his glory because we're, we want to serve our God who's been so kind and willing to send his own son to die for me. And uh, we're excited to tell people about that. We're excited to tell them that, hey, it's through Christ alone and not through a pope or priest. That's something we'll be telling the people there, too. 
The Ugandans are very receptive people, very receptive. Uganda is considered the pearl of Africa, or as I like to call it, the heart of Africa. It's close to the heart of all of um, Africa, but the thing is, it's very much so a, um, a nation that has made itself available to people all around or people who are struggling. I just forgot the word for it, so... Um, <clears throat> pardon? Kind of a melting pot, but kind of like a safe haven for anyone who needs it. Like in Sudan right, right now, there's fighting going on, some guerrilla warfare, fighting with the army, and a lot of people are fleeing from that. They're going to be headed to Uganda or countries around Uganda. Right now, Americans aren't able to go to Sudan very easily. So our goal is to not only plant churches, but also tell them, hey, there's other people that need a gospel too. Hey, how about the people in your homeland? How about the people in Sudan? Because they can go there where places where I can't go. So that's our goal is training laborers for his harvest. Because what does the Bible say? The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So that's one of our goals. Go and open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14. Tonight we're going to be learning a little bit about uh, an armor bearer and what, is meant, what, it is, what it means to be an armor bearer. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse number 1. Go and tell me, uh, say amen if you're there. All right, I'll wait a little bit longer. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse number 1. Now it came to pass upon the day that Jonathan the son of Saul said unto a young man that bears armor, Come, and let's go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father, and Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people, and the people that were with him were about six hundred men. And Ahiah, the son of Ahitab, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, were in the ephod. And the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passage by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side, on the one side, and the sharp rock on the other side, and the name of the one was Bozes, the name of the other Sina. The forefront of the one was situated northward over against Michmash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bears armor, Come, and let us go over to, unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord, save by many or by few. And his iron bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. If they say thus unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place, and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and it shall be a sign unto us. And both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. The Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan his armor-bearer and said, Come up unto us, and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said unto his armor-bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan, verse number 13, Jonathan climbed upon his hands and upon his feet, and his armor-bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor-bearer slew after him. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made was about twenty men within, as it were, a half-acre of land which a yoke of oxen might plow. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time you've given us, Lord. We can 
be sheltered from the rain, Lord. We're going to have a time where we can have this Bible open in freedom, Lord. And without going against a government or going against a, a group of people, Lord, but really we can have such freedom to even have a, a building to go into. Thank you for all you've done for us and blessing us tremendously, Lord, and taking care of us. Thank you for protecting us from the rain getting in here, Lord. Pray you uh, bless the, this weather today, Lord, and bless us as we will be leaving out as well. Pray you keep us all safe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we see here going on that uh, Jonathan's armor bearer are going against a garrison of the Philistines. Now, a garrison is anywhere from 50 or more men. So the odds of these two men against the 50s are really not, not really in their favor for the 50 men because these two men had God on their side, right? So these two men go against these 50 or more men. It's not very clear how many men's up there. What we do see is that they slaughter, was it 20 men within a small area? So right away, it's amazing to see how God orchestrated this miracle. So I believe it's because of Jonathan's faith in God that this miracle happened. But you know, if you keep on going, I believe God used that miracle to orchestrate another miracle. Verse number 15 says, And there was a trembling in the host in the field and among all the people. The garrison and the spoilers, they also trembled. And the earthquake, so was a very great trembling. And the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away, and they went on beating down one another. So if you know anything about military, that uh, when you have an army, you're going to have everyone in uniform, everyone facing the same way, everyone ready for war. So when a trembling happens, you don't expect them to start attacking one another. But you know what? That's what happened. A guy orchestrated this great trembling to happen, and these men in this army, they just started attacking one another. That had to have been a miracle, right? Had it been a miracle where God sent these two men who had knives, staves, swords, spears, um, javelins, those kind of weaponry. They didn't have guns, rockets, grenades. They didn't have that kind of stuff. So it's very clear that that was a miracle, right? These two men against 50 or more. And then... This trembling which caused an army to attack itself, that had to be another miracle. It's amazing when you let God use you, what miracles, what wonderful things you'll see. And I believe that was a wonderful miracle. So let me ask you this. Will you let him use you? Are you going to obey God or are you going to live in rebellion? Really, it's the two options right there. Obey God or be rebellious against him. There's no, high, no, no ends, ifs, or buts about that. That is just how it is. So we see three truths that are before us. Number one, God will give you courage. Just like Jonathan had his armor bearer who was saying, was in verse number seven, do all that is in thine heart, turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. That must have been so encouraging for Jonathan. Because his buddy is saying, hey, I got your six. Let's go up that hill and attack those guys. Hey, whatever happens, I got your six. I'm right here with you. I got you. As Jonathan said, let's go up unto them, for the Lord hath delivered them into our, the hand of Israel. And his, you know what? The armor went up with him, didn't he? Psalms 27, verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. 
Deuteronomy 31, verse number 6 says, Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Let's keep on reading. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. You all might know this one. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you don't have someone like the armor bearer to encourage you, do you know what? God's word right here is so encouraging. So, So filled with so many truths and so many blessings and so many helpful things to get you through your day. And get you through your trials and your difficulties. Do, do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Man, his armor, armor bearer encouraged him to keep on going, didn't he? I have my helpmate right here, my wife. She's also my armor bearer, and I am hers as well. That's why we're helpmates. But you know, when I was in Bible college, I actually I got, made many friends, but I made these three friends that I consider my armor bearers. We have a, a group chat, and we message each other. We're sending each other funny memes, funny videos, stuff like that. We respond like two weeks later saying, ha-ha, that was funny. Uh, it's nothing important. But the moment we say, hey, pray for me, I need, this is happening, or pray for this situation, or hey, this is happening, right away they message and reply saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, have you tried this? Hey, how about this thing? Or what about this? Right away they got my back. Right away they can say, hey, whatever you do, we're right there with you. We, you got this. Keep on going. Or even better, hey, you can do better. Kind of like working out. Sometimes you need a spotter. Be like, hey, keep on pushing. Push harder, push harder. You know, you can get that bar up. Let's go. That's armor bearing that way. Do you have someone that encourages you to keep on going? To do better? Does God do that for you? Or how about this? Are you an armor bearer for someone? God will give us courage. Sometimes it is through an armor bearer, something like that. Secondly, God put us here for a reason. Sometimes we aren't that Jonathan's that we think we are, but we're those, that armor bearer. And uh, in high school, I was on a bus route, and we around, went around up the mountain and picked up kids. And on Saturday, my bus captain said, hey, Joel, can you go visit these people and call these people? And I thought, well, I'm the Jonathan. I was going to do that already. I mean, they're... They haven't been on the bus. I, I kind of was going to do that already, but okay, I'll, I'll do it. Same thing in Bible college, the, the deaf bus route. The bus captain said, hey, Joel, can you visit this person, this person, text these people, and see if this person is coming. I was like, I'm the Jonathan. I was going to do that already, but okay, that's, that's fine. I'll, I'll do it. Later on, I became the bus captain of the deaf route. And I looked around, and I'm like, I really need an armor bear. I have no one to help me. Man, this is so many visits. I don't have enough time. I need an armor bear. For every Jonathan, there should be an armor bear. We have a, we have a duty, actually, to stand behind our pastor, to be an armor bear for him, don't we? If he says, hey, let's go soul winning this day, you say, what is it, verse number seven? Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee. According to thy heart. If the church doors are open and you have things going on, you can say, hey, I'm going to be there. 
you know, that'll be encouragement for him, won't it? If you say, hey, VBS is coming up, I should sign up and help out for snacks or something. Dude, you know, that's got to be encouragement for everyone, actually, not just your pastor. But do you know what? Your pastor needs an armor bird, doesn't he? Maybe not just one, but maybe several. Have you written even your uh, pastor's wife and said, hey, I prayed for you this week? That's, that's going to be an armor bird right there. That's got to be encouraging. Do you know what? God put us here for a reason. Sometimes it's even to reach others that you don't even think about. You can be an armor bearer for a coworker, even. When I was in Bible college, I worked many different jobs, but one of the jobs I worked was working at Gizini's Famous Pizza. So I worked at a, at a pizza place. And you know, there was a guy who started working there, and he was homeless. So I was his ride to and from wherever he was staying. And uh, I'd bring him to work, and then afterwards I would uh, take my sweet time in bringing him home so I could witness to him. So I could find out what's going on, be an armor bearer for him. Praise the Lord, he got saved. I didn't get to lead him to the Lord, but I was able to bring him to church where he got saved, and then he got baptized. That's amazing. Praise the Lord for that. I'm so glad that I was able to be in the opportunity. There was a time when we were, we were working late, and we are both hungry, and we were told not to eat any of the pizza, so we didn't. We went to a donut shop next door, and we sat there for just about an hour or two just talking about the Bible. And the Bible opened, and I was showing him things in the Bible. And I was saying, hey, do you remember when you were talking about this? This talks about that. I was able to encourage him. And do you know what? I was able to be an armor bearer for him. Even more so, you could be an armor bearer for the people in your, in your pew. Maybe if you're sitting in a pew by yourself, maybe the pew behind you or in front of you. Maybe they need an armor bearer this week. Exodus chapter 17, verse 11 says, And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. His hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Man, Aaron and Hur must have been armor bearers for, in a way for Moses. Hold up his hand so the Israelites will prevail and take out Amalek. Galatians 6 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Go ahead and turn there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter five, starting in verse number twelve. First Thessalonians five twelve. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Do you see that here it says admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. But here's a rabbit trail, and be at peace among yourselves. So when it's talking about be at peace among yourselves, you can't have 
someone here saying, hey, I, I believe in these politics, and someone over here saying, hey, I believe in these politics, and you just butt heads, that's not being at peace. You can have those beliefs or have those opinions, but you know what? You still have the work of the Lord to get done, and you need to combine with someone else and get over that. Be at peace among yourselves. You can't get work done, can't be in uniform in a military, in the Lord's army, and fighting among yourselves. That just won't work. Even more so, if God calls you, you should go. Romans 8, 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. While you're in the New Testament, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28. Famous missionary verse right here. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So we see God will give you encouragement. And many times he will do that through an armor bearer, or even through his word. Then you know what? He put us here for a reason. And do you want? God commands us to tell others. In verse number 6 of um, 2 Samuel chapter 14, 1 Samuel chapter 14, excuse me, at the end of it says, It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. That's Jonathan talking right there. And I don't think he's talking about salvation. Um, He's talking about his own life and the life of the Israelites. But, you know, we can actually apply that to salvation, can't we? And do you know what it does that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9? It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Kind of reminds me of John 3.16. For God so loved the world. You know, he loved me so much, and he loved you and every single person in this world who's ever been in this world, ever has been in this world, so much. He gave his own son to die. Now, I have children now, and thinking about Abraham and Isaac and about God and sending his son, I'm just, I don't understand that sacrifice. That's difficult. It's got to be the hardest thing ever to send, even you send your son away. It's difficult. But do he loved us so much, didn't he? God commands us to tell others, doesn't he? Whenever I'm at a door, I try slipping in some, some verse or something in before they slam the door closed. And sometimes, it's, many times, it's John 3, 16. I'm like, hey, I just want to tell you, um, I'm from this church, and we're out here telling people about this church. Do you have a church to go to? Um, do you know about John 3, 16? It says, for God so loved the world, the gave his only begotten son. I'm trying to quickly go as they're closing the door, right? But 
Do you want? When I was three years old, my grandpa told me he'll give me a dollar if I memorize John three sixteen. And I memorized John three sixteen, and I got a dollar. I don't know if you're here this morning, but I mentioned how I was saved when I was four years old. I believe that had an impact in my life because the Bible talks about his, how his word would not return void. And I know that night, I still had John 3.16 going in my head because I had it memorized. I had it written down in my heart already. And I believe that was useful in me being saved that next year. Matthew chapter eight, uh, 28, verse 19 says, Go. There's no question mark in there. There's no asking if it should be one way or saying maybe go or saying think about going. It literally says a command right there. It says go. It's not saying go to Africa. It's not saying go to Antarctica. It's not saying go to the farthest reaches of this world. It's just saying go. Teach all nations. Do you know what we have here in the United States? We basically have all nations, don't we? That's amazing. You can go to your gas station. You can find someone and say, hey, I want to invite you to church. You can be at work and go to someone and say, hey, I want to invite you to church. It's actually pretty simple. If you ever got saved, you know that salvation is even more simple than inviting someone to church, honestly. It's so easy to get saved. Are you going to help others reach that salvation? Or know about salvation? Or even have a church home to call their home? Whenever I I see this verse, because it's such a missionary verse, I think of Uganda. And then I think of this verse, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, it says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Well, let me ask you this. Will you let God lead you? Will you be a laborer for him? Because we need laborers. We need people to help. Whether it's helping a nursery, vacation Bible school, maybe a fan route, or soul winning, or helping clean a church, whatever it is, we need laborers. Do you know what we need laborers? Telling people about Jesus Christ, our Savior. Will you let God lead you? We can see miracles happen if you do. It's amazing. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the time you've given us, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to have the lights on still and no power outage, Lord. Thank you for giving armor bearers in my life, Lord. Allowing me to be an armor bearer as well. God, I pray that even this week you can lead us to lead someone to you. Not just me, but everyone here in this church. Lord God, that would be amazing to praise your name and we'll praise you for it. But next week we can say, hey, i got to lead this person to the Lord or i got to invite this person. God, thank you for the amazing opportunities that we have. God, I pray that we don't be counted one of those that aren't laboring, Lord. Thank you for all you've done for us, Lord. Thank you for taking care of us and blessing us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Joel. Listen, uh, that was a gift. I'm banking these 25 minutes for the next sermon, okay? So don't think you're getting away with getting out this early. If you got teenagers over there, don't shock their boots off when you go over there and tell them we're already done. 
Uh, so uh, great message. Thank you, Joel, uh, for that. I hope you'll pray for them. And uh, they got a table back there. If you've not already done so, grab a card, uh, stick it in your Bible, and uh, or is. Brother Joel said this morning, stick it on your refrigerator. We all go there and uh, remind, uh, remind you to pray for the dyes as they continue to gain their support. They're about 45 to 50 percent right now, and um, so they got a ways to go, and um, their uh, prayer is that they get there by January, and um, so uh, pray that Lord works all that out, puts the right churches in place uh, uh, so they can get their support. Their, uh, their goal, uh, their prayer is to be at 50 or a little over 50 this month. And uh, so I uh, hope you'll pray for them and uh, excited about what uh, they're going to do. I've just found out this morning, didn't realize this, um, but just found out this morning, he said again tonight, uh, that he's primarily going over there uh, to work with the deaf ministry. And uh, I'm so excited about that. And uh, first clued me on when I saw the video and you were signing in the video. I thought, well, he knows sign language too. And, uh, well, that's the reason he's going over there. And uh, what a great need uh, there is with that. And so, uh, again, hope you'll pray for them. Uh, if uh, you guys will go ahead and go back there by your table. Uh, and if you've got any questions, uh, go ahead and ask, uh, uh, ask them those questions. Uh, and uh, they'll answer any questions that they can. And uh, we certainly appreciate them being with us in our very busy, chaotic Sunday this Sunday, but it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed.